0: You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. So today we're going to be wrapping up uh, our series on questions. So uh, over the last uh, three months... Uh, we've been answering questions that you guys asked of us as elders, uh, particularly of how it relates to the way, the way that <clears throat> we engage with our culture. And so I had some uh, really, really good times of discussion, I know, in home groups where we talked through uh, social issues. We talked about homosexuality and we talked about social justice. Uh, we talked about truth and, and, and who God is and um, why does a good God let bad things happen. And we talked about Intolerance, intolerance and tolerance and just some, some amazing amazing time of being able to have some real fruitful discussions and hearing from god 's word uh, so today we wanted to, to to save say the best for last, but uh, we wanted to have a nice juicy one to end with here so today we 're going to be talking about marijuana um, it was a woo-hoo, it was um, and uh, and particularly uh, we, we, I kind of saved it for the end just because it didn't really have a natural fit anywhere else. We tried to fit it in somewhere. But we're like, I would just kind of throw it on, uh, on the end there. Uh, and it's an important conversation for us to have. A number of you guys asked about how do we as believers, uh, can we participate and can we smoke marijuana? Um, what, should we, what should our response to that be? Um, and, and I'm particularly going to talk about should, we smoke, uh, should a Christian smoke marijuana recreationally? So I'm not going to address it from the health side. Uh, that's a whole other conversation that we could have together. So try to keep that in mind. We're talking about recreational use of pot today. Uh, because in January, it, it, we know by January of 2016, you're going to have the option to go out and purchase pot and smoke it on your own. Obviously, it may come before that. And uh, and uh, you can grow it, obviously, uh, sooner than that. But uh, it's an important issue that, that we need to talk about uh, the challenge is the Bible doesn't say anything about marijuana, right? Uh, but we also know that the Bible doesn't say anything about abortion. It doesn't say anything about nuclear war. But we can probably draw some pretty clear lines on, on how God feels about things uh, from looking at the bigger picture and, and making some comparisons. Um, and this is just a big cultural issue going on in Portland and, and actually all over the United States. Uh, there was an article this week in the Oregonian that uh, Paul Kerr sent to me. I appreciate that, Paul. Um, and uh, this is uh, the article, Is it Moral to Use Marijuana Recreationally? Uh, Portland Area Faith Leaders Weigh In. And uh, so I read the article, and it was really interesting. They interviewed five different uh, faith leaders, uh, which in a city of diversity can be pretty diverse. And, uh, and it was pretty interesting because most of the, uh, the clergy or, or pastors, whatever you want to call them, most of them answered the same way. Uh, they said that they believe that we need to take care of our bodies. You know, your body is temple of God, uh, and uh, pot doesn't help you do that unless you're do- it's done me- medically. So they were obviously talking about recreational use as well. And they said it's probably not a good idea to use pot. And they talked about the the, uh, what the health, I guess, deterrence there, and what's unhealthy about it. And uh, and they said it's not a good idea. Uh, but then there was, you know, leave it up to the good old Unitarians to say, well, possibly in moderation, you know, it could be a, it could be a, it could be a good thing. Uh, and this is how I feel that the that the church is trying to answer this question: is 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 it you know is it moral? Is it is it beneficial? And 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 I don't think asking the question is is it a sin uh, to smoke pot? I don't think that's the right question for us to ask. I think the question that we need to ask is does it help us accomplish the task that God has created us for, right? Uh, so we know that our primary task is to reflect uh, God's glory, right? As his image bearers, that's why he created us. Uh, so w- when God created uh, men and women, he created them in his image, and he gave them the task of reflecting his glory back to himself, And also to reflect his glory to one another and to the world. And this is our highest calling as God's creation. So when humans sinned, they became... So think back in the Garden of Eden, if you remember the story. When humans sinned, they became incapable of reflecting God's glory accurately. And in sinning, what they really chose to do was to reflect themselves, to reflect their own glory, instead of that of their creator. So fast forward thousands of years. Jesus comes and he dies on the cross... And uh, he was subsequently raised from the, from the dead. And he restored that broken relationship that existed between God and his creation for all of those who would call ourselves uh, believers uh, since that point. So it's now through the Holy Spirit living inside of the people who are called the church that we can more accurately reflect God's glory. And he gave these people, he gave the church the task of telling everyone in the world what I just told you which we would call, we would sum it up and calling it the gospel. So this process of reflecting God's glory back to himself, even though we're sinful, through Jesus, filling of the Holy Spirit, telling the world about that, we would call this a process of making disciples, making followers of Jesus. This This is our purpose, right? This is why God made human beings. And at Red Sea, we would say the way that we accomplish that task is by drawing to Christ, Developing a community and deploying into culture. That's our mission as a church. That's how we want to go about furthering the purposes of God. So this is the framework in which we need to have this conversation about pot. Uh, Not is it moral, but, but how does smoking pot help me make disciples? As an ambassador, you can pull up our, our pathways graphic, we've been talking the last few months about what it means to be ambassadors and to deploy into culture and to be hospitable and to serve and to do evangelism. So when we, when we come across an issue like pot, we need to say, how does, as an ambassador, how does marijuana help me share the gospel? How does marijuana help me glorify God? And, uh, and that's the conversation that I want us to have today. And for that, I want us to look at a passage in Ephesians that we've actually already taught through uh, when we taught through the book of Ephesians, uh, the first uh, six or seven months <coughs> of the year. And it's Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 21 is, uh, is what we're going to look at. So if you have a Bible, <coughs> excuse me, I would encourage you to open to Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. And, uh, and then we're going to all stand together and read the word uh, and focusing on the word. And then we're going to have a time of prayer. So you guys stand up with me as we read Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the will what the, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we come before you uh, wanting to hear from you. Uh, We do believe that your word is authority. And uh, God, I know that uh, the world doesn't believe that, and our culture doesn't believe that, but but we have, we have seen that, God, and, and we've submitted ourselves to your word, and so uh, we believe that your word brings truth. And so, uh, Father, speak to us today uh, through passages. Give us hearts of discernment to know what your will is. Uh, we want to be faithful ambassadors uh, to your kingdom and to represent you well. Uh, we don't want to be legalist, uh, Father, uh, so we just need you to speak to us today and and uh, Father, just pray you give me uh, strength to do that and uh, and the humility to do that. I ask us the name of the Father. Amen. You guys can have a seat. So, if you guys can think back on our on our time in the Book of Ephesians, um, what uh the way that Paul structured the book is he spent the first three chapters of Ephesians talking about who God is and what he had done. You know, he just had some amazing times of just remembering this work that God had done since the beginning of the world to create a people for himself, to choose them, to bring about his son, to offer forgiveness to the world. And it's this beautiful picture of who God is and what he's done. Paul very intentionally does that because he wants us to have a good, proper understanding of God before we start talking about us, right? Who's God? What has he done? Then from that we can start talking about who we are in light of that. And we can start talking about what we are to do, but we get our cues from God. We get our cues from his word. So Paul does that real intentionally in the first three chapters of Ephesians. And then he begins to at the end of chapter three, he, he does this prayer where he prays that the church, in light of all that God has done, that they would see themselves and they would get their identity out of God and out of his faithfulness and out of this this plan. Uh, that he has uh, for the world, and so uh, from chapters three, when chapters three, four, five, and six or, or more actually more more four, five, and six, he starts to talk about what are we to do? What's it look like to to honor God? What's it look like to glorify Him in our daily lives? And particularly in this chapter, in chapter five, if you look at verse one of chapter five. Paul starts out this idea and he says, therefore, in light of everything that God has done, in light of this amazing work through Jesus Christ, therefore be imitators of God, right? Then that's his whole thought. And then he's going to get real clear on what it looks like to imitate God. As his image bears, here's what it looks like to reflect God's glory in our, uh, our, in our daily lives in our daily lives, because that's really the key to this. It's about reflecting God in the daily lives as his, as his followers, as his disciples. And we've already said that, that most gospel ministry, most reflecting of God, most glorifying of God needs to, to involve ordinary people doing ordinary things with gospel intentionality. So that's kind of how we want to have this conversation is, is it's about the way that we live our daily lives. It's about decisions like smoking pot and about how much I'm going to drink and it's about the way that I parent my children and the conversations that I have. It's in the daily life that God is, is glorified uh, through us as his people. So that keep that in mind. This is what Paul's getting at. He's trying to teach us how to imitate God. And so he says the way that you do that is in verse 15. You got to look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And so we have to we have to look carefully together, corporately. This isn't an individual decision. Uh, A lot of the discussion that I heard, and if you go to that article Uh, You should go and read the comments. I mean, it it was uh, around 300 comments came in from different people in Portland. And it was like, this is my decision. I really get to make it. It doesn't matter what God thinks. It doesn't matter what what the church thinks. I get a choice as an individual. And we would believe that that's false because we would believe that God has called us together as a people right? Paul in this passage is talking to a group of people, and, it, and we all have to look carefully how we live our lives, and we have to look into each other's lives, and we have to speak the gospel when we see that we're not living carefully together. So my point is, it's not an individual decision. Pot isn't. It's a corporate decision. It's something that we all need to, need to rally around and have an honest conversation about. So it, it's together in our daily lives that we reflect uh, God. So I have to choose wisely, Right? I mean, it's a very simple concept, but you have to think about the, the choices that you make in your daily life, and are they wise choices, and are they reflecting God's glory? Uh, Paul uh, also talks about this in First uh, in Corinthians. So if you have your Bible, uh, flip over to 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 12. So he's going to give us uh, another letter that he wrote. It's going to give us a little bit of clarification about, about what does it look like to, uh, to walk wisely. 1 Corinthians 6:12. In this context, Paul's talking about sexual immorality. He's talking about what we can and can't do with our bodies sexually. But in the Bible, there's overlap, and that, that we can take a concept that may that Paul may be just talking about the body, but we can draw some conclusions about how that connects to other aspects in life. Uh, so, although he's talking about sexual immorality, I think it applies here to smoking marijuana. Uh, verse 12: All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Uh, So this has stirred up quite a bit of conversation around the topic of marijuana, because now it is lawful, right, to go out and Or it technically will be in a couple of months. We'll be able to go out and make that that choice. So we have to say, okay, it it is now lawful for me. Is it helpful? Is it helpful in what? Uh, Medically? Probably. And I'm not really trying to have that conversation. I'm going to leave doctors to do that. I think they're much better qualified at determining that than you or I probably are. But is it helpful for me in accomplishing the purpose of reflecting God's glory? Right. If that's my call, if that's the purpose that I've been placed here, is it going to be helpful in in, uh, in, in, in doing that? Uh, Paul, in this passage of, of, uh, of 1 Corinthians, uh, in, in chapter 6, if you look at verse 11 in your Bible, he's talking about, It's the way that we interact. And he he says in verse 11, he says, And such were some of you. He went through this long list of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, And remember, and such were some of you. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Christians, I need you guys to think about the journey that you've walked with God. And remember what you were saved from. But also remember that you were saved for something that God has a grand purpose in your life, that it's through you He's reconciling the world to Himself, that it's through you He's led you through this process of, of sanctification and of justification and of eventual glorification. There's this ongoing work that He's doing in your life, and is pot going to help you accomplish that? Or is it just going to lead you back into the thing, the way that you formerly used to live, when you lived in darkness, when you didn't understand about God and who He is? And what he had done, so it 's imperative that we think about the bigger picture as we walk through this conversation, so in, in, five, in Ephesians five, Paul after he says, "Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, look what he says in verse sixteen: making the best use of the time because the days are evil, making the best use of the time. I think this is what this is where this conversation really needs to land. We kind of need to land the plane of it is me sitting around smoking pot, I got a big old bowl of hash, and I'm sitting in my living room, and I'm just, I'm just kicking back, you know? Is that, is that you, the best use of my time? If the days are evil, if there's this imminent return of Christ, right? And this concept goes beyond alcohol. I mean, this concept goes beyond smoking, smoking uh, marijuana to a bunch of other areas of our life, that are we just being good stewards of the time that we have? Or are we are we wasting it, you know? If 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 we really believe that the King's coming, right, and that there's this limited time, and we're living in between the already and the not yet, we need to live with a sense of urgency right now. And so that urgency needs to filter down into the choices that you make about time, about the the amount of alcohol you drink, and why you're drinking alcohol, and and why we're doing a lot of the things we're doing. It needs to come down to our to our daily lives because. Everything in life needs to reflect God's glory. Uh, flip over to 1 Corinthians 10.31. And this is how we're going to do this. We're just going to jump around and we're going to get a lot of verses. And then we're going to kind of try to get a picture that we can pull from all of these. So 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 10.31, uh, Paul says, So whatever uh, you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And then you can see that he starts off uh, chapter 11, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ, right? Paul's saying, Everything that you do brings glory to someone, right? Who are you bringing glory to? Are you glorifying yourself or are you glorifying the Father? When you light up that joint, are you doing it to glorify God or are you doing it to remove yourself from God's plan and God's purposes? As I've kind of wrestled with the the why are we smoking pot, why is this a cultural issue, Uh, uh, full disclosure, I've never smoked pot. Uh, and so I, uh, I'm kind of talking out of other people's experiences. Um, but uh, on Wednesday night, I, met, I got together with a couple of guys. We met up at a pub, and, and I, I forewarned them. I said, hey, I want to talk about pot on Wednesday night, and I need to know your experiences of it. Like, just tell me what it was like. If you can think back, maybe it was last night, but if you can think back of why you're doing it and, and, and try to have an honest conversation about it. And all the guys in our circle, which was a really interesting gathering of guys that have been Christians for a long time, other guys that hadn't, a guy that wasn't a Christian uh, that was just coming just to kind of hang out with us. And there was unanimous in that circle, the guys all said, well, you you know, you smoke pot just to kind of disengage, right? I just want to sit back on my couch. I want to smoke some pot. I want to eat some Cheetos. And I just want to kind of fade out. You know, I just want to get high. And I think the essence of what your heart is in that is, is you're just trying to remove yourself from God's purposes. Right? So I just don't want to, I just don't want to deal with it. Can't I just, can't I just hang out? And can I just change my mind and change the way that I think? And let this thing intoxicate me so I don't have to deal with life. I think that's the recreational use. That's the mentality behind it. Now, there's exceptions, right? I mean, there's all types of exceptions. And I know we're going to have a very fruitful conversation after this um, about it. But, but we can get a pretty good idea culturally by the, by the people that we hang out with that it's not to glorify God. It's not to reflect His glory, you know, when he says that every seed was given to you to produce fruit in Genesis 1, it's that's not what he's talking about, going out and smoking pot and getting high. He's talking about eating food, right? I don't see anybody sitting around taking down a big bowl of hash to eat. I mean, they're smoking it, right? So there's nowhere in God's word where he says, yeah, just sit back, chill, you know, forget about life, drift off into your own world. That's the opposite of everything that God's called us to be here as his people, uh, reflecting his glory. So we need to see the time that we have here on this earth as a gift from God. Remember that you, you once were in darkness. You guys remember what it was like to live in darkness? Remember before you met Jesus? Remember before he saved you? The, the hopelessness? And I don't wanna go back to that. I don't wanna, I don't wanna forget you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to try to be more enlightened. I know people say pot does that and enlightens you and takes you to another place. I want to be right here and I want to be fully engaged in what, in what God is, uh, is doing here. So jump back over to Ephesians. So look carefully how you walk. Is it wise? Make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Uh, the will of the Lord is the, the bigger picture of, of God, what God's doing to redeem the world to himself through you and is getting high going to help me accomplish that process, right? Uh, jump over to Proverbs 24. This is a cool proverb. Uh, Proverbs is really helpful in just letting us understand, you know, daily life and what it looks like to walk in wisdom and, and especially the first 11 chapters of Proverbs. If you're, if you're a guy and you're particularly a young guy, you should hang out in, in Proverbs twenty. I mean, Proverbs uh, one through uh, chapter eleven. It, it'll give you some great insight in life. But but look at what he says in Proverbs uh, twenty four, verses thirty through thirty four. He says, "And I and I, I pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles." and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it, and I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an unarmed man. What does that remind you of? Just gonna sit back, you know. I'm not gonna deal with life, you know, like make enough money where I can just spend all weekend smoking pot, and I'll go make a little bit more money, and I'm just going to chill, watch movies. Apparently there's some pretty crazy movies that you can watch when you're high, and it'll make it even better and stuff like that. But, I mean, what the psalmist is saying here is, is that that's what it looks like to lack sense, is to live that way. I don't want to lack sense. I want to I make the most of the time uh, that I have here. I don't want to be a, a, a sluggard. Uh, and I know all of us have stories of some successful businessman that we know that smokes pot or some intellectual or some teacher out there. It's not all, you know, just the guy that doesn't want to grow up and lives in his parents' basement. You know, there there are successful stories out there. But I think we can be honest. The the larger stereotype, the majority of the reason people use pot is because they just want to get high, Right? They just want to remove themselves. They just want to escape. They just want to disengage from, from life and from the mission. And, and, and we have got to see this as a, as a cause that we can bring light and we can bring hope to. I, I would hope that as ambassadors, that when we, when we encounter people who are smoking pot, and we would see themselves trying to remove themselves from their circumstances, that we would want to be the guys that bring light, the men and women that bring light into their lives. We, we've, we forget that, that there's so much brokenness out there, right? This, this, we were in our prayer time before the service. We were just praying, and, uh, and, and, uh, and I was just thinking about, uh, my wife has t- taken a job as the principal secretary at our school, and, and our school is, is uh, mainly, uh, you know, probably 95% of the kids come from a low-income housing project in the area. And, uh, and we always knew that there was brokenness, right? But now it's gone to a whole other level. So if you're a teacher or you work in the school system, which I know a number of you have or did, uh, you're in it, right? You know all the, the stuff that's going on. And and uh, as we've had to step into that, it has been just heartbreaking. Day after day, my wife comes home and she tells of, of just kids that are, man, just being raped and, and uh, DHS is always there and they're they're always coming and interviewing the kids and and uh and this week we were hanging out, and there was this uh this girl at the school and i gotta I gotta be careful because there's full disclosure and honesty and stuff like that. Um, I mean I, I can't I don't want to my wife doesn't give me details, you know um, but there's there was just something going on this week that I just couldn't believe, and uh and I was like man i'm I, I'm here for a reason, right?" Like, like God's placed me here as, as a hope for those people. And uh, I can either choose to drink until I forget about that or smoke until I forget about that, or I can do something about it, you know? I can see myself as the light of the world, and, and we can engage. And that's what I want us to do, right? That's what I want us—that's my heart for this Is is that we— that we truly would see ourselves as ambassadors, that we, we would believe all the things that Paul said, that it's through us he's reconciling the world, that it's through us he's, uh, he's bringing hope uh, to the nations, to, to broken people who are just trying to, to dull their senses so they don't have to deal with, with, you know, just the shittiness of life. And that's not why, we're, that's, that we are here to bring hope and life into that situation. And so I just don't see how me sitting around smoking pot is going to help me do that. You know, and I'll be honest with you guys. At first, I was kind of excited about it. I was like, maybe this will work out. You know, maybe this will be something that's beneficial. Hey, maybe it is something that God's given us that's going to be helpful. But the more I looked into it, and the more I researched, and the more I talked to you guys, I'm just not seeing it. You know, just not seeing how it's helpful in, in accomplishing God's purposes here, here on this earth. So let's have our eyes open and our hearts open. Let's be let's be intentional in the way that we live. Uh, Paul's going to go on in, in Ephesians here, and he's going to talk about drunkenness. And I think drunkenness is probably the closest thing that we have to being high. Uh, he says and, and, uh, in verse 18, he says, and, and don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, you know, excessive living. Uh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the whole point of drinking If you drink too much, it intoxicates you, right? I mean, it dulls your senses. You can't. You're foolish. And we all have probably really funny stories of that. But the reality is, God, multiple times in his word, ten times in the New Testament, Jesus, it's a recurring theme. Don't get drunk. Don't intoxicate yourself. Don't remove yourself. Because I want to use you to to reveal myself from the world. And, and uh, I'm sure drunkenness is going to come up after this, as, as people are going to say, what's the difference in it? And, uh, and, and I would just say that, that the big difference for me between uh, getting, between drinking alcohol and smoking pot is is how it intoxicates me. You know, in the research that I did, it takes about six beers to get you to the point of being drunk that, or to intoxicate you to the point of what a joint will do for you. And, uh, and so you know it's it's very easy to take it too far with with pot it's some even with the high levels of THC they're producing i mean one puff can get you you know what six joints used to get you 10 20 years ago uh and so so we need to we need to walk wisely we need to prepare ourselves uh one more passage of scripture I want us to look at first peter uh 1 uh 13 through 16 um paul uh paul's uh i'm sorry uh, peter's talking here and he says uh, therefore Prepare your mind for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Prepare your mind for action. Don't be foolish. Don't disengage. But train up your mind and engage in the mission. Uh, I can't read that and sit back and say, yeah, smoking pot's going to help me prepare my mind for action. In uh, the medical stuff that i 've read it 's not helping me be sober minded it 's definitely not reminding me of the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. so instead of foolishness, instead of drunkenness, instead of uh, being a sluggard and, and how, walking carefully, what does that look like? We trade all those things for what he says here in verse 19 through 21, for addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing melody of the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Right? So let's trade foolishness and drunkenness for God's spirit. Let's trade being high for being in a relationship with one another, speaking the gospel into each other's lives, loving one another, having a heart for God, having a heart to care about what God also cares about. and Let that be marked by mutual love and mutual submission for one another. It's not something that, that we can just go out on it. If you choose to smoke pot, even if you do it in isolation, it has ramifications for us as a church and us as a family because we are in community together. and It's through us that God is revealing himself. So where where did I land after studying this and, and after, after researching and praying and talking to you guys? Uh, as an ambassador, should I smoke pot? No, I shouldn't. It's not helpful. Uh, am I going to smoke pot next year? No, I'm not. You know? Uh, I, I, and and that's, that, that's what, from God's word, that's what I can pull out, right? From looking at these different passages. So I just want to encourage you guys to, to, to discern, Right? Uh, and, and there may be exceptions to the rules here and there uh, for different medical, medical reasons and for different conditions that people have, but, uh, but for the most part, I, I, want to, I want us to be unified on this you know, as a church and to move forward. So we're going to have a time of, of Q&A here, and uh, my only thing that I would ask of you guys is um, uh, ask questions, don't make statements, Okay? I mean, that's the point of a Q&A, is is we all have a story, we all have a a reason why not to or a reason why to, but I don't have a conversation based around asking questions because maybe there's something that I haven't thought of, uh, that the rest of us haven't thought of. Uh, And some of you just may honestly be better equipped to answer the questions than I will. Uh, Like I said, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with it, Uh, but we don't need a long story of my experiences with pot, you know, type of a thing. Uh, let 's try to try to keep it concise and answer any questions, and then afterwards we 're going to have a time of, of coming and taking communion and uh and, and of worship so shoot what do you guys got well let's i mean the the alcohol thing is a is a good conversation that we just haven 't talked a whole lot about here as a church you know we we tend to talk about stuff as we come across it in scripture and we try not to do topical series like this, but we want to really hear from god and and uh and you know, we need to have a real honest conversation about alcohol consumption in this church. Um, there's just way too, there's excess. Uh, there's drunkenness in this church. Um, even when we get together socially, you know, being buzzed and driving a car is still illegal. And, uh, and there's a lot of that going on. So w- what I would not do is, oh, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's have some honest conversations about how much we are drinking, right? Let's have some honest conversations about why are you drinking, and what is the need behind it? Are you using this to cope with life? Are you trying to remove yourself um, uh, because I, I do believe and um, my and everybody has a different experience with this than I get but but uh, alcohol in, in small amounts can be beneficial in, in my personal opinion uh, um, but in excess, you know it can be very dangerous and very harmful. And, uh, and so we need to be talking about it, and we need to be holding one another accountable to that, and we need to say, "Hey, put it down," you know, like stop. You need to go home. You're not glorifying God anymore in, in the way that the way that you're drinking. So let's let's talk about that. You yeah, know, talk about that in home community this week. How am I going to speak to like if they open up weed bars or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think uh, we can. Um, participate in things that uh, the culture does. And although the culture uh, does it uh, uh, in a way that is, I would say, sinful, the fact that they drink for the wrong reasons and they, they uh, drink to excess, uh, just because our culture takes something excessively uh, doesn't mean that we have to completely avoid it. So we're called to incarnate like, like Jesus did. We're called to go into our culture uh, and to find those things that we can redeem, uh, that we can bring hope and and light into. So my hope would be in, in going to a pub, like on Wednesday nights, uh, some of the guys said we're going to be patrons of a pub, we're going to leisure public house, so we go to leisure and we want people to see us there all the time, but we're going to drink in moderation, we're going to have gospel conversations, which we've had, which some of them have been really interesting, right Wally? And... Uh, and, uh, and as we engage people, we're going to invite them into community and into our lives. And my hope is that we would then bring them out of excessiveness to understanding God's purposes for them and how to, and how to glorify them. But we have to go there, you know. We have to go to them. Uh, Jesus went to them. He went to the tax collector. He went to Zacchaeus. And he said, I'm coming to your house And Zacchaeus' response to that was, I give back half of everything that I've stolen, right? He had taken something that was permissible, taxes. He had excessively overcharged, sinfully, against the people. And Jesus called him out of that and redeemed him out of that. And that's also what we're called to do as his his people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to smoke a little bit of pot and not be intoxicated. You know, I mean, it's a puff of a joint and the amount of THC. People, oh, they're going to make certain ones that don't have THC in it. And, you know, at this point, you know, if I go out on January and buy a joint uh, and the amount, uh, and I'm going to, I don't know, drop 20 bucks for a joint or whatever it is that's going to wind up coming, and and I take a puff on that, uh, that's going to, well, they say maybe the second time you do it. The first time it doesn't do a whole lot for you, but the the second time it it does, apparently does a lot for you. Uh, I'm going to easily be influenced and easily be intoxicated by that. Uh, that's very different from me sitting around and taking, drinking six beers. You know, I mean, that's there's a. It's hard for me to put those two in the same camp because of the influence that that it that it has. And and maybe something really good later on will come out of pot. You know, something. Um, you know, like we've got morphine that came out of opium and, and stuff like that. I think those things could be really beneficial. But but recreationally, you know. Uh, you know, am I going to go to a pot bar and hang out and share the gospel and, and get the second-hand high? You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll have that conversation when it comes. Those aren't here right now. It's a good question, though. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge idol in our lives that, that we, need to, we need to call it as it is. Uh, and I think that's important of why we need to be so close in relationship and in community together because our natural tendency is to isolate. And I think pot is just going to give us another venue to do that. And uh, and through community and a relationship, we can be called out of the darkness, right? Back into back into relationship. So I know it's hard, you know, it's difficult being in a relationship with one another, but it's important to maintain that. Uh, me and Andrew were actually talking uh, the other day about this, that whole idea of uh, all the things in life that we use to to uh, uh, dull our senses, you know, to just to just cope, right? Uh, and 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 when we start. At first, when we say, okay, that's an idol. I'm watching all this football because I just don't want to hang out with my family. You know, I'm hanging out. I'm out, you know, guys. I'm out doing all these hobbies because I just don't want to do what it is that God's called us to do. Or, or you know, a, a mom with kid, you know, I'm, I mean, the, the TV that you're watching or the amount of time that you spend on Facebook or any of these things. We need to start having honest conversations. We need to say, idol, <laughs> all right? And let's tear it down together. Let's not just keep building it up really struggled or have been uh, alcoholics in the past and we've had some really honest conversations around that and we've all agreed that if this is causing that person to stumble we're going to give it up. Uh, And uh, and there's times that we've done that. There's home communities that just choose not to drink because they know it's not uh, beneficial for them as a group and there's others that have the freedom too because they're in a different circumstance. And so uh, uh, I think that is just a really good conversation to have with the person who isn't drinking uh, and why and their past and walking with them in that and how are we together doing what uh, Paul says here, uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, look at what Christ has done for you. Look at how he submitted to the Father. Now let's submit to one another. And that may be you giving up a freedom that you have. Uh, because you love the other person and you want to be a part of that process of sanctification. <laughs> like taking a puff and then, you know, calling them a degenerate. You know, I think there's a, a nice, happy medium. <laughs> no, I mean, when Royce when had the conversation about the way that we're supposed to share the gospel and the, remember, we're supposed to be compassionate and not, everybody remember the other seeds? you know, uh, controversial. We're supposed to be, uh, clear, not clear. hey, look at there. We're supposed to be clear, not confrontational. I, I think it's okay to, in my circumstances, this, uh, I'm going to have a beer with the guy and, and he's going to offer me pot. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to be like, I'm going to get out of here, Satan. You know, I mean, <laughs> you you just have an honest conversation about, you know, hey man, I just, I don't think that's beneficial and medical stuff and, 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 and things like that. So, so I don't know, John. You know, I don't, I don't know what one puff will do to you, but I don't, think, I don't think you need to see how close you can get to the cliff, you know? It's not about, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. I just want to, like, be cautious in and, the and, 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 uh, and approaches that, that we take with people. Joe? Well, what we're going to do is transition to a time of communion. Um... <laughs> We have, special, we have wine on the table. Um, uh, yeah, so, so I think just one of the mental pictures for me is, as we come to the table, it's always just really, really helpful, is uh, to remember uh, the unity uh, that, that, that Jesus and the Father have together and the way that Jesus submitted his desires to the will of the Father, uh, humbly uh, being a sacrifice for, for our sins. And then that picture of submission and unity is meant to give us a, a picture of ourselves as the church and what we're called to be and to do. So as we come, let's, let's remember that unity that Jesus and the Father have and the grace that's been poured out on us. And let's, let's remember that grace. Let's remember that we're here for a reason. And then let's go back in modeling that unity and that love to the world so that they would, that they would know uh, the Father. So uh, let's pray and uh, we're going to continue with the time of worship. Uh, Father, I just come before you, and I do thank you for your word, uh, God. Um, as I was reading through uh, that article and reading a lot of the comments, I saw uh, my city uh, who, who had no, no authority in their life. Actually, they did. It was themselves. And uh, God, I'll just be honest. I'm, just a, I'm, I'm not a very good uh, example of, of, of a person that should be his own authority. I need to appeal to a higher authority, God. I'm sinful, and I'm broken, and I'm prone to excess, and I'm prone to hide, and I'm prone to idolatry, as your people always have been. And so I just thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you that you have spoken, and that you are speaking. Uh, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, would speak to our hearts, even now in this time, uh, would bring us to a place of repentance, of realizing that we are not you uh, and that we need you, uh, Father, and that it would be a beautiful time of, of just uh, crying out to you as your people and remembering the amazing work that you've done through Jesus Christ. So, God, thank you for this church, Father. I thank you for uh, this conversation that we could have and, and, uh, and uh, have it in honesty and in, and in love and respect for one another. And, God, I just pray that that conversation would continue. Uh, that this would be a place of unity and this would be a place where you're bringing the world to yourself. So just thank you for that. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our time. your name, amen.
1: We're going to ask those who are passing out the offering buckets to come up and give as you feel led. Uh, So um, now in our time of worship, we're actually going to sing a new song today. Uh, It's named, Satisfied in You. Uh, the words are taken directly from psalm 42 it's a lament psalm actually so the the psalmist remarks on the state of bitterness that we as humans are sometimes in um the difficulties of life and the evils of the world on um, josh touched upon them in, in the, the lesson today and sometimes our individual sin they leave us feeling somewhat battered and worn uh And at those times we can feel disconnected from the Lord. Uh, What Psalm 42 communicates is that despite our situation and despite our feelings in the midst of that situation, God is not far from us. Uh, The psalmist recalls the Lord's faithfulness and sovereignty in the situations past and trusts that he will yet again save him. And so while we're going through trials and tribulations, we must seek and pursue God for in him we... Do we only have peace in mind, and only in Him are we satisfied? Uh, so, a beautiful reoccurring line the Psalm says, "Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation, and my God." So, as we listen to these words, as as we sing them, as we take communion, and as we remember Jesus' redeeming sacrifice. Uh, We need to think upon the Lord's faithfulness even in the hard times.
2: I've lost my appetite And a flood is welling up Behind my eyes So I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut And tear and prod When they ask me where's your God Are you downcast? Oh my soul, why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your face to me as a deep fans for water, so my soul thirsts for you. And when I behold your glory, you so faithfully. Like a bed of rest For my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you When I'm staring at the ground It's an inbred feedback loop That brings me down So it's time to lift my brow And remember better days When I love to worship you and all your ways With the sweetest songs of praise Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me I can remember when you showed your grace to me As a deer pants for water So my soul thirsts for you And when I survey your splendor You so faithfully renew Like a bed For my faith to flourish, I am satisfied in you. Let my sighs give way to songs that sing about your faithfulness. Let my pain reveal your glory as my only real rest. And let my losses show me All I truly have is you So when I'm drowning out at sea And your breakers and your waves Crash down on me I'll recall your safety scheme. You're the one who made the waves, And your son went out to suffer in my place. And to tell me that I'm safe. So why am I down? why so disturbed I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in you I am satisfied
0: Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.